Welcome to the Bowman Legacies Podcast, brought to you in part by Bowman Legacies, making life better for the blue-collar worker, one CEO at a time. Also brought to you by author Grizz Waller, whose new Western sci-fi action thriller novel, Selfish Acts of Righteous Men, is coming out soon. Without any further ado, buckle up, strap in, and get ready for another powerful conversation from the Bowman Legacies Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, welcome again to another episode of the Bowman Legacies Podcast, where we try really hard to bring some inspiration to you. One of the things that we pride ourselves on here in Legacies is that we aren't afraid of your mess. When companies come to us or individuals come to us for coaching or services, one of the biggest things that we do is is look over your mess and realize that we have one too. And today I have a phenomenal guest who is trudging through and and doing it so well through life and just taking it one day at a time. My next guest is going to inspire you in ways, especially if you've been in the same place that she has is in currently. And she's going to show you today how to make it happen. And um, without further ado, guys, my friend who I met, what, two years ago now at Vegas, personally, mm-hmm. we've been talking online for a while, but uh, in Vegas, uh, Christina Mailer, the one and the only, thank you for coming today and spending time with us, Christina. It's cool. It's Mahler, but we'll let that Mahler. one slide. Oh my God. I've been calling you that for two <laughs> years and this is the first time you said anything. I <laughs> I feel like a total heel. That's okay. Uh, it's Mahler, by the way, you piece of crap. Yeah. Well, I didn't see it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, no pressure. I'm going to inspire people today, but you know, you I, are. I'm inspired because I had breakfast this morning. So that's where we're at. There you go. <laughs> well, I think so often, you know, we look at people who are, and we just talked about this, you know, we look at people who are on television. We look at people who are famous. We look at, you know, I've been, I've been interviewed so many times by discover and, you know, it, brought through the process of them trying to get me on shows and stuff and being able to meet famous people. And we're all in the same boat. And the miscommunication is that we've all got it together when we reach a certain place. Right. And it's just not true. Every day brings us challenges and I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but let's just talk about what you do first and foremost. We'll talk about crew here in a second, but let's talk about your business and what you've created in, in the space that we both work in? Um, so I run a company or I am the only, I'm the sole person working and running uh, Steel Toe Consulting. And um, the short story of Steel Toe is that I've worked in some form of um, construction, whether it's residential or civil or whatever, for about, I'd say 15 years now. And um, from day one, two things happened. I fell in love with construction and the people here and the community within construction and just the idea of building things. And then the other thing that I fell in love with was the fact that there is a need here. And I'm a person where if there's a need, I like to figure out a solution. If there's a problem, I wanna, I I can't leave it alone. I gotta keep working on it. And the problem that I saw in construction specifically with business owners is this um, admirable um, quality where we run full speed at a wall and we kind of run full speed at our goals of growing our business. 
And we run so hard that as the business grows, we don't develop procedures and processes or self-care or um, cultures within our businesses that help us actually do that in a healthy manner. And you'll have these business owners and companies that all of a sudden hit a plateau or a wall and they can't get any further into their goals um, because they have no idea how to do it. So they'll just keep doing the same thing over and over again. They'll work in the trenches every day with their team. They'll do the things that are familiar to them um, and continue to kind of beat their head against the wall, not knowing how to change it. And so I started my business literally on a, a Friday, just started posting about, you know, is this you? Um, are you frustrated because your relationships at home are suffering? Um, are you, is your business at a standstill where you, you know that there's a full pipeline, but you have no idea how you're going to get that work done? Are you waking up every day way too early and going to bed way too late and having stomach ulcers and feel awful because the stress is too much and you have no idea how to solve it, but you have all of these people relying on you. Um, do your kids not see you enough? Are you on the verge of a divorce? You know, like all these different things that your work-life ba balance can be affected by not running your business effectively. Um, and I, I had people that heard that and said, yep, yeah, that's me. Um, what are you going to do about it? And I said, you know, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> But I have enough experience running small businesses and I have um, the type of personality where I'm not going to sugarcoat things, but I'm also not going to leave you hanging and like to figure it out for yourself. I'll come in there and help you. We'll work on it together. Like we be, I become a part of the team and it's been going fantastically. I've learned a lot of lessons. I've been in business now for almost 18 months, which is so freaking crazy. We started uh, at the same time. Yeah, much. we did. Um so it's pretty crazy and the pipeline remains full and the checks keep coming in. So something's working. Yeah. And so I was going to go with that. <laughs> yeah. It's nonetheless scary, scary as I'll get out, but yeah, yeah. pipeline's still going. You're still doing good work, keeping your head down, swinging time and time again. And, and I think that's fabulous. And I, you know, and just going back to what you said about a lot of business owners, you know, we, we do that. And, and what we have to be careful of ourselves because this is what we coach people through is to not do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like this weekend, I had to get out into the woods, man. I just had to. And I took a cast iron skillet and something to eat and got myself a fire going out in the middle of nowhere and, and just enjoyed nature. And I had to have that downtime just to reset so I could be all in for the business, be all in for the family. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, you know, that two-edged sword, but a lot of companies, and again, what you said is so beautiful, they push and push and push, and they keep expecting a different result until they're just hopeless. And mm -hmm. that's a lot of times where people like you and people like me step in and, and really are there to, to help. And I love the way that you put that. It was so, so, you said it so well. So as you've been doing this, you know, uh, and, and trying to figure it all out, has it, has it been just, you know, first day, day one, you had tons of support and you just had all these people lined up to help you and and uh everything's just been a bed of roses ever since right oh no not at all it, there's been uh you know especially working as a single woman in this industry starting a business and having this feeling constantly having to justify myself um even if nobody's asking me to um and that constant feeling of like um like I'm not being authentic because 
I'm coaching a lot of my clients on what they need to do in their lives. And this was the huge, you know, aha moment for me this year is these coaching topics that I was hitting and these um, life changes that I was asking my clients to make were changes that I needed to make in my own life. And so it was sort of like this. And and that's, I think that that's pretty common when, when you have a business coach or any sort of consultant who's, who's coming in to change things, they aren't necessarily practicing what they preach. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I took, I took a very deep look at my personal life and my business life this past, um, probably over the past year or so. And I can honestly say that my life is a full 180 from where it was this time last year. Nobody would argue with me on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I have had the pleasure of having some really amazing clients. I've also had the luxury of having some extremely negative, bad experiences, which have taught me a lot of things. Um, and I feel good about those two because I've always walked away with my dignity. I'm not saying that I've made the right decisions every time, but you know, when I've had some situations with clients or potential clients, um, I've always made the decision, the decision that I felt like was best for both sides, whether that was, Hey, they want to give me a shitload of money, um, but I'm not a good fit for what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Or these people are just making me uncomfortable. And, um, you know, maybe I just shouldn't work for somebody that doesn't give me a good feeling. So yeah, just following my gut on a lot of things has been extremely helpful, but also terrifying. Right. Because when you're out there doing it without a net, you know, to trust when you're working for somebody else, uh, it's no less stressful, but it's a different kind of stress. You know, I know I always found that when I was working for someone else, I desperately wanted to be the guy that you couldn't live without. And that's mm-hmm. not, not for any other reason other than the fact that I really desired and honestly wanted to serve my role to the best of my ability. And I can honestly look back and say that there were times when I just wasn't the right fit. And so, but mm-hmm. when you're out here on your own, sometimes you just, you just like, <laughs> you're just glad to have someone on the phone because you're trying mm-hmm. to pay the bills and it's a struggle. And I know I, I agree with you. I had a very lucrative opportunity to work with somebody. And I think I've mentioned it here on the podcast before, and it would have really changed some things for us dynamically. But when the business owner said, Hey, Mike, look, I don't actually want to look good. I just, or I don't want to be good. I just actually want to look good. And man, Christina, I couldn't, I was just in that place from like, I, I need this money. I need it. But mm-hmm. I cannot choose to align myself with that kind of mentality. And so I'm going to have to opt out. And I mean, for two or three weeks, I was getting the stalker phone. Are you serious? You're, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm serious. I'm saying I'm no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that it, knowing your personal limits and knowing your personal values, um, if you do the right thing and you walk away from something, even if it's so tempting, what I've learned over the past year is that the things that are meant for you will fall into your lap and they can't fall into your lap until you make space for them. So if you're chasing after something that is not right for you, whether it's a relationship, a client, whether it's, you know, some like object, um, 
possession, it, it's, you're not going to make space for what you truly need in your life until you actually let go of the things you don't need. Man, that is so true. You know, we're in a place right now in our family where I'm, I'm living on a property where we have thousands of acres. Uh, and if anyone knows me, you know, the grizzly bear is kind of my, I'm, it's not my spirit animal, but you know what I mean? It's like my, my thing. And, <laughs> and I could not be in a better place as far as that's concerned. I've seen mountain lions back here. I've seen bobcats. I've hunted out here, whitetail and, and been very, very good at that and love that life. But we're in a place now where I need to let it go. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I can make space and it's hard when you say that you say that so easily, right? Christina, you said that so easily, <laughs> like, oh, you just need to, you know, you need to let things go. But it's so hard because it's I've struggled so for years. Yeah, wanting to stay out here and, and wanting to live this life. But honestly, where the business is going, my family's going, we need to be more connected. Um, I even pre, and here's to back you up, I preach about what I call the proximity of success. And that's literally putting yourself, if you have to, physically in the place where it creates most opportunity for you. And here mm-hmm. we are you know, 45 minutes to an hour sometimes from town, depending on traffic and, and we get snowed in sometimes, or, you know, we actually do it. The, when they say God willing and the Creek don't rise, our Creek actually does rise and we, <laughs> and we cannot get to town sometimes. And so, um, my driveway is a quarter mile long and the grizzly bear inside of me could not be happier, but there's sacrifices and things. And I don't I, actually investments, not sacrifices, but uh, that we need to make. And in saying that too, you know, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about you, but you are also involved heavily and creator of not just your own business during this time. Okay. <laughs> but crew collaborative. And so crew collaborative has, has made quite uh, an impact and there's a lot going on there. So flesh Mm -hmm. that out for us. Tell us what that's all about and, and tell us about the people involved. So crew has been uh, a godsend for me over the past. uh, Well, I guess it's, it's also coming up on about 18 months now. And um, you know, crew started. Um yeah, like March, I guess, of 2020. So basically the same age as the pandemic at this point. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and it really started as a conversation between women about, you know, like-minded women across the country uh, um, who kind of have seen some of the things wrong with our industry. Um, but it was not like a, like gab fest. Mm-hmm. It was like a really like productive conversation. And a lot of us were going to Con Expo. Um, Some of us went to Con Expo, some of us didn't, but we all stayed in touch and kind of developed this bond. And we knew that there was a need for workforce development and construction. And we knew that there was a need for um, more women to feel not just um, included, but seen in, in the industry. But we also knew that the way that um, organizations are going about that is not working necessarily. No. Um, there's a lot of great women in construction groups out there. There's a lot of great um, diversity focused groups out there for construction. Um, but we felt like it needed to be different in, in the way that it's not just the diverse people or not just the minorities and not just the women wor- working on that um, goal, but really the whole industry. Um, 
and also to pull from social media while we do that. Because if we're going to appeal to younger people and if we're going to appeal to the masses, we have to be able to do that quickly and effectively with marketing. And so um, Crew went from being a women in construction initiative to being a workforce development initiative. Um, you know, sneakily, it's still a women in construction thing, but it's also a diversity thing. Um, we're just including men and women in the conversation and diverse individuals, because we know that a bunch of women standing in a room talking to each other about women being in construction is not going to do anything in an industry that's 93% male. That's just mm-hmm. smarts. Um, and we also all have male mentors and friends who are highly supportive of, of getting more females in the industry um, because they know it's necessary in order for construction and blue collar work to survive at this point. Yeah. There's a need. The need to, needs to be filled by 100% of our population, not 50% of our population. And so we kicked off um, officially in December, we filed for our 501c3, which is an ongoing process. And I am learning by baptism by fire on all that IRS crap, but we are (laughs) in the final stages of becoming a 501c3. Um, We have sponsorships from Toro, um, Case, Caterpillar, um, and Shell Oil. We've got a few other that are coming in right now that I'm not quite ready to um, talk on yet. Um, but we have an ambassador program that we're kicking off. We're doing our soft launch coming up very soon here in November, um, where we've got elite ambassadors coming to train and flesh out our whole program, um, with us at the Clayton Caterpillar, um, customer experience center. And then we are also kicking off our crew classroom talks in, well, it is October. So sometime this month or next month, (laughs) And what Classroom Talks is, um, is literally we are going through via Zoom. We're having like 10 to 12 um, individuals that work in all different facets of blue collar and construction related jobs, talking directly to high schoolers, transitioning military, um, middle schoolers, people who are looking at getting a second career in construction. And um, that program is, I think, is going to be supported fully by Toro. So we're still kind of negotiating out those details. Um, And Caterpillar is supporting out our ambassador program. So we are very lucky. Um, And I'm very happy to be the executive director of this organization. But it's like having a third child. Honestly, it's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think one of the things that we have seen in the trades for a long time is uh, that lack of support. You know, it's kind of been a do or don't. And and in some ways that's created a lot of really talented people to be able to rise to the top who are just the one-offs and the unicorns. But anymore today, we can't really do business on that unicorn level anymore. And we have to work with what we have and train those people properly. And it's challenging a lot of organizations across the, the country to really double down and train on higher levels and actually invest into their people. And this is something that they didn't have to do. I'll never forget being told we're, we're, we're a right to work. The second we don't agree, the second we don't align, you're gone. And now people are like, Ugh! you know, oh my God, oh my God. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a I had a former employer, um, several former employers ago, who actually became a client of mine, and we coached him for a little bit. And 
I'm just really big on not burning bridges if I, if I don't have to and, and loving on people. And, um, he told me, it's like, Michael, he said those that many years ago, I just wish I never let you walk out the door. He said, because mm-hmm. y- you were the unicorn. He said, but by God, you know, it, there's no more unicorns. And so it's hard for organization right now. We're, we're feeling the stresses of this. And I think there's a lot of misinformation out there too. I think what's happening now is we've raised these younger generations not to put up with a lot of BS and not mm-hmm. to allow themselves to be mistreated in the workforce, no matter where they are, and whether that's, you know, for their sex, their um, sexual orientation, their religion, the, you know, whatever God's packaged them in. And Mm -hmm. we've taught them this is not okay. And they're one of the first generations to say, this is not only not okay, I'm not going to put up with it. And Mm -hmm. so now there's a lot of organizations that really have to step it up in order for us to keep pushing America forward. Yeah, there is a balance there because I agree that we have raised a a whole generation of people that are demanding more. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you also have this feedback that this is a generation that's not willing to work. And that's tough for me as a parent um, to kind of swallow because that's on us. That's on us as Parents, um, you know, to sit here and say like so-and-so generation is not working well, we need to stop wrapping them in bubble wrap and we need to push them out the door and let them get dirty and experience life. And um, it's our job to show them what hard work looks like. And, you know, as a single mom, that like that has been a huge focus for me, especially as we've come into our new house and like this new life. really focusing on making sure that my kids see that this is not easy. You know, that the days are hard. It's okay if they see me upset or see me struggle. Um, as long as they always know that I love them, that's my job. My job Mm -hmm. is to make sure that they're fed, um, bathed and dressed and that they know that they are loved and cared for and that they are valuable. And aside from that, I, I mean, I want them to see that life is not easy because it's, mm-hmm. it's not doing them any favors no. for me to sit here and be like, Oh, you're, you're perfect. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> you're perfect to me, but you know, they're probably going to be an asshole to somebody at some point in their life <laughs> and they need to l- learn how to not be that way. Um, <laughs> and sometimes uh, when they're little, they're assholes anyway. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To you to mom yeah. i mean right? mine are seven like, right now, so they're just a lot <laughs> i remember like you know and, and and i'm gonna you know you know this about me i i love my children they're the most important thing in the world to me i've, I've not taken jobs because i knew it was going to take me away from them and i believe with all my heart and soul that they're the greatest legacy that i'll ever leave behind is the love that i share with my two daughters but mm-hmm. i remember <laughs> one time telling my wife i'm like you know they're kind of being assholes right now. <laughs> and, and she's like, I know. I thought that was just me. But, you know, I also think that someone told me one time, millennials, this millennial, that, and, and, and I said, you know what? I'll never forget my father telling me how disrespectful Xers were. And my, at the time I, I lived right. I grew up right next door to my grandmother out in the boonies in the middle of nowhere in the hills and hollers. So I went over to grandma's house and I remember telling her about this argument dad and I were having. And she goes, you know, she goes, you are nowhere near as bad as your dad was. <laughs> and talking about my grandpa and my grandpa talking about how disrespectful he was and how disrespectful his 
his generation was. And the fact of the matter is, it's up to us, those who are a little gray in the beard, you know, mm-hmm. a little longer in the tooth, to rear these people up and communicate in such a way to people who haven't been on the earth as long as we have. Supposedly, we're supposed to have it all together. And we I hate that rhetoric of millennials don't want to work. Millennials don't want to work. They're lazy. You know, it's just not true. I worked in the last organization I was in. I saw 300 millennials working their asses off and, mm-hmm. and working 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 hour days, man, working six days a week, sometimes seven days a week and having smiles on their faces and absolutely loving being in the dirt. And mm-hmm. I was so impressed. And some of these kids, you know, unfortunately that we have one of the largest fatherless generations of all time. And mm-hmm. some of these kids had never even mowed, mowed grass before. And they're, mm-hmm. they're coming into the dirt world and they're like, yeah, man, I, I've never driven a mower. And I'm like, ah, cool. you're ar- <laughs> yeah, you're in an articulated hall truck going up switchbacks <laughs> down a mountain, you know, <laughs> so, no, big <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. I'm glad our tech, our the task training is on point or we'd be in trouble. And so, you know, I just want to take this moment to encourage those of you that are hearing that rhetoric, that you're not enough. You are enough. What we're not doing is enough to highlight how great this industry is and some of the people that are and the great companies out there that are doing good work. Well, and I, you know, as I've gone through this kind of journey over the past uh, year or so, because I mean, literally in the last 18 months, I've started two organizations. I've I've gotten a divorce. I've moved single mom I've, on your own, on my <clears throat> own. It yourself doing it all by myself. And I mean, I, I can't say all by myself because I have amazing support around me. Um, but at the end of the day, it's me putting my kids to bed every night. Um, and it's tough. It's yeah. definitely tough, but I have never been happier or more content. And I just, I wrote an article recently for a new online magazine called Moxie, which is all about women in STEM, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, But this kind of um, message that's really driving home for me right now is the fact that we are kind of brought up from, from a young age to feel like we have to follow a certain path or fit into a certain expectation or a box or whatever. And I'm turning 42 months from today. And I am just now at this age, figuring out who I am. And that's kind of crazy because I've spent a lot my entire life um, in negative relationships, um, working in negative work environments, feeling like I had to work for someone else because of that steady paycheck mm-hmm. aspect and bringing in the benefits and it, and having somebody else tell me what to do and not really, you know, I was scared to take a, a leap of faith um, into my own um, company, a leap of faith away from a negative situation um, for my uh, recently ended marriage, um, you know, a leap of faith into um, who I wanted to be. And there's been some really <laughs> negative things that have come out of that. Um, as far as me discovering things about other people that I thought I trusted, right? You know, I've lost mm-hmm. friends because they wanted me to be this you know, marketing girl who fit into this box and this um, suburban mom situation that they could say, hey, it's my friend, Christina, she works marketing and construction, and that's who she is. Um, And I don't fit in that box anymore. I'm 
I'm a single mom. I um, do all my own yard work. I'm working on my house right now. I'm in the middle of remodeling, blah, 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 whatever, everything in my house right now, it feels like. Um, and I've got this son, my son is considered special needs and he requires a lot of extra energy. Um, he's angry, you know, about the mm -hmm. fact that we are not like everybody else and trying to show my son that being different is exactly what we should want to be because you cannot fulfill your, you cannot fill your heart and your soul if you're trying to do it according to what somebody else has laid out for what their expectations of your life should be, it's just not going to work. You're not going right. to be fulfilled until you take a step back and you're like, who do I actually want to be? What do yeah. I actually want to fill my time with? Yeah. What is my most important job in life right now? And do that, do those things. And I, I think, yeah, I think we get lost along the way, you know, a lot of the times just, and we learn this as kids, you know, what's right, what's wrong. And, 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 and when we have certain expectations that we're supposed to fulfill, you know, I think I'm one of the guiltiest at, at doing that and trying to be what I assumed my father would have liked, or my mother would have liked, or my wife would have liked. And the fact of the matter is, it's not my wife's job to make me happy. It's not my job to make her happy. It's my job to make me happy. And if I'm not fulfilled, I'm not happy. It's not Anita's fault. It's mm -hmm. just not. It's mm -hmm. mine. And it's on us. You know, I think you said something about 40. And I don't know what it is about that. But I think when I hit that, I was just done trying to impress people. And I was done trying mm -hmm. to live my life for other people. And yep. the more that when that, that veil gets rent, so to speak, in your life, there's no going back. There's just no going back because the freedom, and I want to encourage those of you who are young and listening, that maybe you're going to college or you're in high school, you're in junior high or what, whatever. You know, we have a very, very uh, listenership out there. I want to encourage you to be you and to understand that you are enough right where you're at. If you want to work out and you want six pack abs, that's fine. But that does not define the person that you are, that you are. Um, you know, I've been working on six pack abs for, you know, six years. I have a one pack. It's uh, quite impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, um, but it doesn't make me unhappy that I'm not where I need to be because there's, you know, there's a lot of other things going on. And so you need to be happy with you right where you're at and continue to build your life in such a way that you're moving forward the way that makes you joyful. Now I'm not saying, Hey, if smoking crack is the thing that you love to do more than anything in this world, that's yeah, hurting you. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not a good thing. Yeah. That's hurting you and everybody around you. But don't, what, smoke crack. Yep. don't smoke crack. But Christina, <laughs> what she has done is she's boldly went in the direction that she felt was right for her. And she's raising two kids on her own. She has two organizations that are really making a difference in this industry, which really needs to happen. Christina, I feel like we're 50 years behind the eight ball. Well, and I think that I also don't want it to be like, yeah, I'm doing all these things and wow, I feel so successful and whatever. I cry myself to sleep sometimes. I have days yeah. that are very hard and I try to be really yeah. transparent about that. I've spent a lot of my life being told um, that I'm too much and I'm just sort of, I'm kind of okay with um, being the person who cares. I'm okay with being too much. I love too much. I'm not going to hide, hide like my heart or my feelings away anymore. I'm just going to risk it. Um, I'm going to protect my love. I'm going to defend how I feel. I'm going to stand up for myself. 
I'm done adding to like a culture of coldness um, or negativity or pushing people away. Um, I just want to like grasp life the way it is, do the things that make me happy, show my kids what pure joy looks like. Um, I want to risk my heart. I want to risk, you know, everything to live a fulfilled life and just be a person that reminds people um, that love has a, the ability to, um, to basically transform anything in your life, whether it's love of a job, of a child, of another person, of a partner, of a parent, um, but just to be okay with being too much and um, yeah. don't hide yourself away and try to shrink yourself Mm-mm. to what you think others expect you to be because they're, they're operating from a place of their insecurity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people get intimidated by that and that's why we lose friends. You know, I too have lost a, a good friend who, you know, his kids, I still talk to them and uh, still, still uh, love on them and, and send them scripture and send them, you know, hopeful things. And, <clears throat> but uh, they just don't understand when you start to make that transition into living life out loud, it scares them. And, and some people do it because they love you. And some people do it because they, because frankly, it, it frightens them and they, they see what they are not capable of and they just mm-hmm. can't stay inside your light. And that's okay. That's absolutely okay. Because sometimes when you're growing, you're going to shed people along the way. And I'm not saying, man, just throwing people. It's not at all what I'm talking about, guys. That's not at all what Christina's talking about. We're talking about that. Sometimes people just can't accept that new you, that new change, and, and they can't move with you. And so you can't hold on to them. You can't hold on to them because if you do, you can't move forward. And that's so hard. Can't make room for those things. That's what I was saying earlier. If you are holding on to something that's not serving you or that other person, or maybe it's just serving that other person, you can't make room for the things in your life um, that are actually going to be good. Yeah. That is so good. I knew today would be good and I don't want to keep everybody. So we're trying to keep everything down to 30 minutes, but I think that you and I could sit here and talk for a lot longer mm-hmm. and uh, we could, it, there's just so much more of this story to unpack. And I think that just, you guys have to stay tuned. So Christina, if you were, if someone was to want to reach out to you, reach out to your business or find out what crew is all about, how do they find you? How do they see you? Where do they go? Um. So if you want to find out about crew, we are, at the.crew.collab on Instagram. And we're also on all the other platforms, um, LinkedIn and Facebook specifically. Um, If you want to reach out to me, I would say LinkedIn is the best place. And it's Christina with a K, Mahler, M-A-H-L-E-R. Mahler, uh, people, it's Mahler. You can hit me up up on um, Instagram. It's Christina underscore Steeltoe, but I'm private. So you better come legit. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we, we get inundated with a lot of not not legit. <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, a lot of really bad stuff out there. Um, thank you so much for being on the show and taking this time to be with me. I'm, I'm very um, appreciative of your time, very thankful, and very, very thankful for the light that you're trying to shine in our industries and all that you got that you are doing. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bowman Legacies podcast. Guys, keep going, keep growing, and keep building a legacy that will far surpass your legend.